Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. <laughs> God lives on Saturday too. Amen. Amen. All right. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Yes. You guys got good voices. God sings, which means every one of his children are equipped to sing as well. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Come on, amen. Good morning online. Thank you for tuning in on our podcast at Word of the Ranch. We love you guys. And we bless you this morning. Um, I know Dinah Kamagisa with God's Desire Ministries, our orphanage in Uganda, was suffering from um, high blood pressure. So they admitted her to the ER. She was asking for prayer. So let's just agree for that over her in Jesus' precious name. High blood pressure is under the curse. Heart attacks are under the curse. So we plead the blood of Jesus over her and over you that your orphanage runs perfectly smooth, that you're back to work, back to business in Jesus' precious name. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen, amen. amen, amen. Well, I've also printed 500 of these. And these are flyers I'm going to put in the mailboxes of everyone living in Laguna Niguel. <laughs> I'm sorry, Laguna Hills, Nelligale Ranch. And I'm buying a pair of rollerblades was my plan on offer up so that I'm hands free to hit every mailbox in the community. Amen. If you'd like to help, <laughs> maybe you got a better idea. Just let me know. Uh, if we're on LA, if you want to take this block, hey, you're more than willing. Uh, if you know anyone who wants to get paid to pass out flyers to, I'll pay them as well. It pops in. Your dad's in. All right, I got one in. All right, 50 bucks. 50 bucks for the day. But you got to hit at least 100 houses for 50. I mean, come on. <laughs> I could do probably 200, you know, so we'll, we'll see what. If anyone wants to join me, I got 500 printed. And I think they're beautiful. I think they're nice. I just I think the community should know there's a, a nice church to be a part of here and uh, to get healed, restored, and blessed beyond measure. Amen. So praise God. All right. You'll take the block, Ron and Ellie. You'll take the block. All right. And don't leave out that house down there that looks abandoned either. <laughs> and the new one, I think that's a bocce ball they're putting in in the front, I, I decided. No, it's a big drain. It's a yeah. drain? Oh. It's a nice house. They need a flyer. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power in corporate prayer. We thank you where two or three are gathered, you're here in our midst, and where two or three on earth agree on anything, it shall be done before them, you said, Jesus. We take your word literally, and we thank you, Lord, for the changing of this nation, the changing of the guards. Thank you, Lord, for uprooting evil, exposing evil, and planting righteousness. For when the righteous reign, the people rejoice. And this is a day of rejoicing, I believe. And when the wicked reign, the people mourn. I think our days of mourning are behind us. Thank you, Lord, for flipping it back the way it should be, right side up. And thank you, Lord, for building your army, your task force, your body, through it all, giving people a rest and a sense of peace during this transition give you all the praises and the glory for it. In Jesus' precious name, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen, amen. Well, I'd like to just talk on healing this morning. That was in my spirit. And I have a few scriptures that really did me well. This week I was invited to speak to 10 pastors in India, so I preached a faith message on, um, what was that, Thursday? Thursday morning, 7 a.m. our time, 7.30 p.m. their time. So 12 and a half hour difference. And uh, they were all on Zoom, all 10 pastors. And then one pastor grabbed a hold of me, asked me a question um, about different religions. And I thought I answered with the Spirit of God. So he was pretty impressed by that and asked me to share with his pastor's staff as well. So, hey, 
we're spreading. <laughs> Amen. I get to speak in the lives of pastors in India, and I think that's a blessing because that's one of the places that needs it most. <laughs> the population is huge there, and the religions are numerous, and um, they just need the gospel. Poverty, you know, all that, all that jazz, and they just need the gospel and prosperity. It's funny that every time, this is my second time speaking for them, every time the Lord has me speak on prosperity and sowing and reaping so that they can increase and move and expand. So praise God for that one. So just keep that in your prayers, if you will. And then I'm also speaking on August 12th on a Zoom call for the California Tax Board. And I'll be speaking on lowering sales tax in California for business owners. And um, they're introducing me as Chef Eli with Private Chef Services OC. And um, I think that's gonna go really well. I've had favor already with the gals setting it up. So pray for me on that one, you know? All it takes is a voice sometimes. You know, with the Spirit of God behind it to change change nations. So let's just get taxes lowered in California. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Or eliminated. Amen. <laughs> Come on. We can do it. You know, California is the second largest economy in the world. California itself is the second largest economy in the world. We can afford to lower taxes. Yeah. Amen. So keep that one in prayer, will you? Amen. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 91, if you will. <laughs> Variant. <laughs> Variant. Yeah. Isn't it funny how COVID just pops up again during midterm elections? Yeah. Anyone put, put that together? No, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. figured that out? Anyone with the spirit of truth should be able to figure that out. Uh, that's funny. They now created a variant of COVID. Ooh, like we're supposed to be more scared of a variant than the actual virus. <laughs> we already got through the virus, amen? <laughs> Uh, what can't you get through? So praise God forevermore. That um, Just don't mail in your ballots. Amen? That's what they're trying to get you to do is to mail in ballots so they can take them again. So just go in person if you can to vote. Uh, until Jesus comes. <laughs> just go in person. Remember that? How fun that was? The toll booth? The voting booths? All that jazz? There's an election this week. Yeah, there's an election this week. Um, so, amen. Go on out and vote. Praise God forevermore. Psalm 91, here we are. You know, I suffered with infirmity for a year and a half because I didn't know my authority. I didn't have any of the word on healing. And uh, my body weight went down to 150. I'm now 230, the largest I've ever been. I don't know how, but I guess baking and swimming. So I, we'll see. But um, <laughs> the Lord raised me back up. He healed my body. I have not been sick since. Sickness has tried to last. I had one bout, uh, was that 2020 for about it seemed to last a, a, a while. And um, it was pre-COVID, right? And I thought it was a flu. Um, it was in the middle of it. And it was the first antibiotic I took in years and years and years. And I finally, Clarissa just met you. She's like, why don't you get an antibiotic? I said, okay, <laughs> I think it's time. This is lasting. And that, and that kicked that thing right out. And I was, within 24 hours, I was back. So, um, you got to use wisdom in areas. You know, if the Lord tells you to go to the doctor, for God's sake, go to the doctor. Amen. I don't think he'll ever tell you to get the COVID vaccine, but if he does, go get it, man. <laughs> Come on. He's trying to bless you uh, and keep you protected. I'm against the vaccine, but hey, if the Lord speaks to you, that's your own agenda. Amen. Follow the Lord, not me. Paul said, follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. If I tell you something that's contrary to Jesus, go with Jesus. Amen. You know, you have a personal savior and a personal healer and a personal rewarder and prosperer. Amen. Follow his voice. 
Follow his leading. You can be you can rest assured that way. Don't follow the crowd. You know, don't follow someone else's voice. Follow the inward witness that's in your heart. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. You can live a blessed life that way and preserved. The Lord will lead you into all truth. Say all truth. All truth. What he has for you to do. Okay. Psalm 91. Here we go. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. I don't put my trust in a vaccine that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't put my trust in uh, my antibiotic. I put my trust in him. Now, if he leads me to get an antibiotic, I pray over it and I say, I bless this to my body. I'm spirit-led. I thank you. I release my faith in this capsule. I'm going to take right now, and this will bring blessing to my body in Jesus' precious name. He will always meet you at your level of faith. And he does that for everyone. And everyone's at different levels of faith. Like I said, if you don't have the faith to, to receive your healing through COVID, and you have the faith to get the vaccine, go get the vaccine. He'll meet you at your level of faith. So we're not supposed to be judging other buddies, everyone. That's how the enemy causes division and strife and separation. Oh, he got the vaccine. He didn't. He wears a mask. He doesn't. That's all gibberish from the enemy's camp to keep you divided and keep you judgmental and condemned and isolated. That's all enemy garbage. Amen? Spirit-led. Amen? We're individuals here. We have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. Amen? So do what he tells you to do. Psalm 23, the Lord, not my pastor, you know, not my, not my mom, not my dad, not my sibling. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me, he leads me beside the still waters. Amen? So always follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Meaning, stop following me if I stop following him in any way. Amen. That's how we safeguard our, heart, our hearts for eternity. We're always just following him, his orders. He's the commander-in-chief. Amen. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. This was one of my confessions during COVID. I, I felt the symptoms of COVID for you know, that duration of about a year and a half trying to come against me. It, it was an actual virus. Amen. Does anyone know that? People died from it. It was an actual virus. It was hyped up and played out, but people did die from it. So this was my, vo my verse to guard against it. And I felt the symptoms try to come against my chest at times. I felt the symptoms try to come against my head at times. Lightheadedness, almost a, almost a vertigo, if you will, in that regard. Confusion was trying to come in through that virus. And then again, the tightness in the chest, the breathing through the lungs. That's the areas it attacked. And then, you know, it was uh, whether it was designed or not, it was designed... Uh, to target the older generation. I wonder why. Why was it targeted at, at not kids? Well, kids can be brainwashed through their cell phones now. But the older generation. See, the enemy is anti-heritage. He wants to kill off the former generation to prevent wisdom from ever passing. Faith from passing to generation to generation. Faith is a generational endeavor. If you believe, your generations are supposed to believe. 
It's passed on to the next generation. So the enemy tried to start with the head, take out the head, and then take out the body. Did you notice that? Interesting, it targeted 65 and older. <laughs> Except for that. Interesting. Anyways, the devil's a liar. The devil's the thief. But I was confessing this verse, and when the symptoms tried to come on, I would confess this verse, and uh, I would see everyone around me with masks. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Shall not come near me. I love what Pastor Mike said the other day. He said he had COVID for two hours. <laughs> Felt all the symptoms in Palm Springs. Woke up fighting and just coming against the symptoms. Said he had COVID for two hours. Then it was done. So you use the word to resist. And the word says, resist the devil and he will flee for you. That word flee literally means to run from you as if in terror. If you stand up against the devil with the word, he'll always flee. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Uh, there's people who have made, co- uh, have made money over the disease. It says here, you, only with your eyes you'll look and receive the reward of the wicked. Meaning it's only tangible. It's only on the earth and it's going to fade away and burn away. They have nothing intrinsic that will last forever. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Say, no evil shall befall me. No evil shall be so evil is classified in the curse as three things. Spiritual death, poverty, and sickness and disease. That includes all evil. Death, sickness, disease, poverty, and lack, which are all really forms of spiritual death. The moment Adam and Eve fell, that's when poverty came in. That's when sickness came in. That's when death came in. When they fell from grace. So that's a great confession to have. No evil shall befall me, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. No evil shall befall me. This is your covenant. You just got done saying, you're going to see the world fall all around you, but it ain't going to come near you. Our family was so protected during all that COVID stuff. This is just a grace. I mean, there wasn't even a sickness during that period. Where normally we've had a battle with our children. Uh, get away from them. No, you can't touch them with the flu. There was nothing for that year and a half period. I mean, the Lord just had a cover. I'm pretty sure it's just the natural, 700% more um, effective to build up natural antibodies than to take the vaccine was the, the recent statistic for COVID. So those natural antibodies that are being built up, uh, you're going to strengthen the head. What can a variant do to you? That's what I'm trying to say. You've already been strengthened naturally through your antibodies, just your immune system. Whatever the devil throws at you, you get stronger, the word says. And that's literally physically true. Your body's stronger because of COVID now, after, than it was beforehand. Because now your immune system's built up. And antibodies are built up. Amen? You live forever. Amen? God is so good, and you're a super saint. You're literally a superhero. I always talk to Pastor Art, and and I say, how you doing? He says, supernatural, just like you. Every time. That's his confession of faith. Says it his whole life. I'm doing supernatural, just like you. We are supernatural beings. Our weapons of warfare are not natural. They're supernatural. All those young kids who want to be superheroes, you receive Jesus, you become one. Amen? You're supernatural now. We battle through the spirit, not the flesh. Amen. And as we feed our spirit, our flesh gets stronger and stronger and stronger. The covenant here, the blood covenant here that David got a hold of and wrote in Psalm 91.10 says, No evil will befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I like to put house there and my body. Because my body is my temple, temple dwelling. No evil, no plague shall come near my body. 
Amen. For he shall give his age. I remember Charles Capps, and this kind of illustrates the, the different levels of faith people are at. Charles Capp got hold, got hold of this and the end of the word, and he was a great minister. He's on the Victory Network still. He passed away, but he really grasped seed time and harvest because he was a professional farmer as well. But he went out and into his field one time and touched some poison oak and got poison oak and got the rash. And then he went back to the word and said, hey, rashes are under the curse. And nothing, no plagues, no evil shall befall my body. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. This can't touch my body. So he built his faith. He meditated in the word. Then he went back. A few days, a few months, I don't forgot what it was. And touched the poison oak and rubbed it on his body again to see where his faith level was at. He got it again. Started itching. Went to bed with it. It spread. It was a rash. Went back to the word. Meditated on his covenant. Got it into him. See, his faith was rising. Even though he contracted it again. Went back in the field. Didn't get it ever after that. Rubbed it on his body. Wouldn't touch him. Why? Because his faith level was built. So everyone's at different levels of faith because of the different level of word that's in them. Amen. So God will always meet people where they're at. I don't tell people, I do jobs for people in their own homes, I don't tell people deep things, Christians, deep things of the scriptures if they can't receive them yet. They're at a different level of faith and you should know that when you're interacting with someone. What can they receive right now? What can they hear? Jesus only told them what they could hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He didn't waste his time with people who didn't, couldn't hear. You don't waste your breath on people who can't hear yet. Just pray for them until they can you got to pray for them until they can. We're supernatural agents, secret agents on the earth. Amen? The devil's sly and tricky, and you got to be too. Wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. Amen? So you, the Holy Spirit will give you what they can handle in that moment to build their faith in them. And we're all at different levels. God will always, I found that true. God will always meet everyone where they're at. Pulled me up from where I was at. Pulled you up from where you were at. Amen? He always meets you where you're at. So don't give people too much. So this, don't cast your pearls before swine is one verse. Yeah. You know, you may think you have this thing licked. Your brother or sister may not. You know, just hold on to that for you. And then be a demonstration of faith to those around you. Amen. It's more effective to live by what you believe than to say it. You know, we're walking epistles. Yeah. You know, people should see us and see the word. Amen. So isn't that, I love that story, how he built his faith by meditating and then overcame it eventually. Then it couldn't touch him after that. I love that. So no variant's going to touch you, that's my point. You've been built up. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. You could translate that COVID and a variant. <laughs> COVID and its little twins. Any little thing or any little demon that the head devil, Satan himself, creates under your feet. You know, Jesus called Satan Beelzebub, which literally means Lord of the Flies. That's what little devils are. Little gnats that you can squash. Yeah, not to be scared of the devil. He's defeated. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. How's everyone doing? Praise God. <laughs> to keep you in all your ways in their hands, you shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone, you'll tread upon those Beelzebubs, those flies, those little devils. Because he has set his love upon me, 
Therefore I will deliver him. Notice how David, I love through the Psalms, first person, third person, second person. You don't know whether the Lord's talking, whether he's talking, or the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's four verses through the Psalms. Four voices through the Psalms. There's David's voice, his own spirit. There's Jesus. There's the Father. And there's the Holy Spirit. And the more you read them, the more you should recognize which voice is which. Oh, that's the Father talking right there. Oh, that's Jesus. There's always a triumph, a, a, like a victory uh, in Jesus' words. It's like a trumpet when he speaks. And then there's the Holy Spirit, which is the comforter. His words soothe and comfort. And you, you, you feel comfortable. Amen? That's the Holy Ghost. So right here he changes. Someone's talking here. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. That's the Lord talking now. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. David was not filled with the Holy Ghost, so this is not the gift of prophecy operating through him. This is the Holy Spirit anointing him, coming upon him, and now talking through him. Then he leaves for another occasion. He's in you all the time for every occasion. He left David for another occasion. He's in you for every occasion. We should be doing greater exploits and works than the Old Testament prophets ever did. <laughs> He's in you permanently. He was never in them. Amen? Praise God. Now go with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Is everyone enjoying this online? I hope you are. I hope this is feeding you. Psalm 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is David's spirit, the real man, speaking to his soul, his middle man. Bless the Lord, O my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. Get in line and bless his name. All that is within me, I command you now to bless his name. Get in line. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's his mind. Forgetfulness is of the mind, right? Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all, say all, all your diseases. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's the Holy Spirit ministering to you. Tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things to say. He's talking about speech here in this verse. He's not talking about food. If you study this out, he's talking about the confession of your lips. And confession only works once it's birthed in the heart, by the way. You can talk yourself crazy and not get any results because you've never first believed in your heart what you're saying. Confession only works by first believing in your heart, then confessing with your mouth. You have to believe the word works before you ever use it. That means. You have to believe that when you sow the word into your life, it's going to prosper you. It has to be in your heart before it comes out of your lips to be effective. That's why I've heard so many horrible testimonies of Christians who say, I've confessed it, I confessed it, and I got cancer still. Or she confessed it, she confessed it, all, I heard her confessing all the days of her life, and she still died from cancer. It was never in her heart. He who believes in God must first believe he comes to God, must first believe that he is, then that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You have to develop in your heart for it to work effectively when it comes out of your lips. You have to meditate in the scripture 
build it in your spirit, and then when it's released it in faith, because you're receiving the word through faith, you're mixing the word with your faith, right? Like it says to do, you're building it in, then when it comes out in faith, that's when things change. That's when things happen. That's when Jesus cursed the fig tree. It was built in his spirit, then he released it. He didn't use his words haphazardly or casually. He always spoke on purpose. He didn't let anyone put words in his mouth. Only the Father. He only spoke on purpose. That's how we rule and reign as kings in this life. The greater degree you have control over your tongue is the greater degree of your victory. You know, you can see people like that. We call them loudmouths. They're living in defeat most of the time. It's the quiet, the meek ones who know, who know the truth, who have really been set free. Again, we're walking epistles. People should look at us and see the truth, not just hear it. Acts 1.1, this, this former account I make, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Jesus was first a doer, then a teacher of what he did, so that people could follow him through example. I'm only qualified to teach through the Lord what I've already lived. I'm unqualified and every minister of the gospel is completely unqualified to teach anything that they're not already doing first. It brings dishonor to God that way instead of integrity. And that's why so many ministers have fallen. They're mouthpieces, but they're not, they haven't become walking epistles. And they must live the word to properly preach it. Again, I'm unqualified to teach you or instruct anyone to do anything in the word without me first doing it. I know I can teach on healing because I've been healed myself. I know I can teach the ways of prosperity because they work for me. And I'm a doer of them. Amen? 3 John 2, my beloved, I pray, I have no greater desire than to see you live in health and walk in prosperity. That's God's wish. It should be ours. Amen? But first we live it so the world can see it. And then when you speak about it, they'll believe it. In a lot of ways, seeing is believing. Even in the, in the supernatural realm. You have to see it in your spirit before you'll ever write it up, the vision on paper. Right? I mean, God has to give you the dream. You have to see it in your heart before you ever even write it down with your flesh. So seeing is, is believing in many ways. You have to see it in the spirit first. Amen? you got to get the word and the revelation in the spirit before you'll ever live it and trust it. It has to become revelation. That's why the, the two greatest prayers in the Bible, in my opinion, are Paul's prayers in the book of Ephesians. Lord, give him the spirit of give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open the eyes of our understanding. I think it's the greatest prayer we could pray for ourselves and others. There's always seasons the Lord takes me back to those prayers and I start praying them again every day for everyone. Open the eyes of their understanding that they may be enlightened. Ooh, and it sure is tough being around that person. Lord, save them! But they're already saved. <laughs> save them again, Lord. And then save me and forgive me as well. Amen. Open the eyes of their heart. Remember that great song? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. Not my head. I want to see you. Not with physical eyes, spiritual eyes. Open the eyes of my spirit, my heart man, the real man. That's the only way you'll see. That's the only way you'll see to believe. Your heart's got to be open first. The world can't hear the truth until their heart's been opened by Jesus Christ himself. So don't waste your time preaching truth to people who can't hear it. Get them Jesus first. 
you got to get them born again. Evangelism is the first step to the kingdom. It really is. Once they receive Christ, they can receive the truth of who he is. you got to get them born again. Nicodemus, you got to be born again to hear anything I'm trying to tell you, he said in John chapter 3. You can't hear me. You know, their eyes have been blinded by Satan, the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan, uh, I'm going here. All right, here we go, Lord. Bring it, come on. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan is the god of this world. So stop watching Satan's news. Stop it. You can't be trusted with it. Just attend to the, the gospel. This is heaven's news. Any news station, any, is preaching the world's news. Guess who runs that world? <laughs> the enemy. Why are you listening to Satan's news? You're going to become just like him. You got to listen to God's news. This is your kingdom. Amen. You'll become exactly what you hear over and over again. If you keep saying to yourself every morning, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, you're going to rise to new levels in your life. If you listen to the world with fear, doubt, unbelief, and condemnation, you're going to feel that way and become it. Just like Satan. Start to shrink up and shrivel up and lock yourself away like Joe Biden in a basement somewhere and somehow win the presidency. <laughs> No! First comes pride, then the fall. Amen. It's just, you can't get away from it. I love that verse in Psalms. The plans of the wicked will boomerang upon their own head. Yeah. Well, God's got a big boomerang <laughs> and a big time span, it seems. We wanted it yesterday. You know, we wanted Joe Biden, the administration, cooked in the Easy Bake Oven, thrown out of the White House, cast out for good yesterday. Amen? Why? Why are you taking so long? Things take time in the kingdom. God's master plan takes time. Amen. And that's where patience comes in. Oh, the art of patience. <laughs> How many of you are being tried in your patience since Joe Biden took office? <laughs> See that? Huh? God works everything for the good of those who love him and hold his purpose firm. The Bible says, let patience have her perfect work that you may be complete, entire, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. If God can wait, we can. He's got this. If God can wait, I can wait. Why? Because he's in me. He's anchoring me. He's telling me to just stand in concrete. I can't move. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be complete, entire, lacking no good thing. Amen. That's a good word for us. Amen. And patience doesn't just mean doing nothing. <laughs> don't make that spiritual mistake where you just give up your spiritual authority and sit back and watch TV that's not patience that's laziness <laughs> there's a big difference between lasciviousness and patience laziness, slothfulness and patience patience literally means endurance that means you need strength while you're moving isn't that what endurance is? it's not strength while you're just sitting it means strength while you're actually running. While you're actually using your authority and moving for the kingdom. That's when you need patience. So you're not doing nothing. You're not just waiting. You're moving in faith. He obtained the promises through what? Through faith and patience. See, they go together. 
Faith doesn't work without patience, apparently. And you can't be perfect in patience without faith. You're going to have to stand in faith. You're going to have to keep going by faith. You don't love someone, you're going to have to tell them you love them by faith sometimes. And you're going to keep having to say it until you really cultivate that heart of love toward them. I love them. I love them. No, no, you're not touching me with a fence. God created that child, that person, in the same exact image and likeness. I'm not going to touch them. Can I tell it? Come on, please. All right, fine. Not online. Not online. <laughs> not to the world. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Let patience have her. Her perfect work. Amen. The faith's of him and patience is of her. Let them be complete. Amen. Let them be one. Let them marry together in your heart. Where did I leave off? <laughs> Love your neighbor as yourself. We'll start. We'll turn there. <laughs> Love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? How do I? You're gonna to have to analyze that for yourself. How do I, and for the last year and a half, love myself? What have I been doing toward me? Have I been wasting away? Have I been feeding myself? If I'm in the Word every day, that means I really cherish myself and I want to grow. You're not trash. You're God's anointed. You're God's crown, the Bible says. Man is his crown. You're his crown, so you have to take yourself seriously. The Bible says, "Don't think more highly than you than yourself for yourself." As you, what is it? As you ought to think. Yeah, as you ought to think. Don't think more highly of yourself. There it is. Than you ought to think, which means you ought to think highly of yourself, just not more highly than you ought to think. But you ought to start with thinking highly of yourself, not lowly of yourself. Notice when the devil comes in, that's what he tries to do, right? He tries to bring you down lower, lower to think less than. That's the voice of the devil. Whenever you hear that or feel that, just know that's Satan. I'm not going to listen to, this, to the thief or the stranger. I'm going to listen to my shepherd. That's not my shepherd's voice ever. He's not bipolar. He's not bilingual. <laughs> he got the whole world in his hand. One language. Tongues, amen? <laughs> Whenever you pray in tongues, you're praying his language. Only heaven can hear you. Those lowly devils cannot hear you. That's why it's so important to pray in tongues, Jan. <laughs> God can hear you. The devil can't. That's how we come up with concepts and ideas on how to reroute the kingdom if we have to on earth. Go here, move here, don't go there. Remember the Holy Spirit forbidden Paul to go into Asia? I've been pondering that lately. He forbidden Paul to preach the gospel in Asia. Why? I don't know. But the Holy Spirit had to reroute him because it was in Paul's heart to preach the gospel to every creature. And the Holy Spirit, nope. Don't go there. Red light now. Go this way. said, I'm coming in the fullness of the blessing to Rome. God rerouted me. You have to pray in tongues like Paul did. He said more than you all to know that plan to get rerouted. You may think you're on the right path when God says, I told you to turn over here and you, you didn't listen. This happened to all of us. We've all missed the turn somewhere at one point. But he's so faithful and so gracious to get us right back on He'll create another path if he has to, another road to get you back onto his permanent road. This is a good one, amen? Isn't God so good? Isn't God so rich? I love the teaching of the Holy Spirit. I don't know any of this stuff, amen? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit does, amen? He's the teacher of the church, praise God. What verse did we leave off on there on Psalm 103? 
Does anyone know? Right in, at the point of the mouth when I started talking a lot. <laughs> he satisfies your mouth with good things, with good things to say. Not bad things to say, good things to, th- to say. You'll, be, you'll live a satisfied life, he's saying, when you speak good things consistently. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Ron's getting younger, amen? You guys are getting younger, I can tell you, up front. I see you every week. You're all getting younger. I, I can see it. It's the glow. It's the anointing. It's the glow. He renews your youth like the eagles. What have you been saying? You've been saying some good stuff, apparently. I get younger and younger. My youth is renewed like the eagles. It works. It works. I was confessing uh, my body weight when I was 150. I hit it. My body just naturally went to my confession. 215 pounds. I'm 215 pounds. And it went there. And it got there. And then I used to watch a lot of Jane War- John Wayne movies. And he was six foot five, and I was six foot three. He said, I want to be like John Wayne. I'm six foot five. I'm six foot five. Hasn't happened yet. I may still have to do- deal with worry. <laughs> Get worry out of the way so I'm not shrinking and actually growing. Six foot five. For my confession to work, worry has to be officially removed forever. Amen? Because worry will shrink you physically, but faith will grow you. Amen? We'll see. If anyone notices on camera, I know it adds 10 pounds, but maybe it'll add two inches. <laughs> For as the heavens are high above the earth, verse 6, the Lord executes righteousness and justice. Isn't this a great verse to have in your vocabulary and written down? That the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed? That's a promise you can take to heaven. He executes justice. A lot of people are praying for the eyes to be opened. You know, expose evil, expose evil. This is my prayer. Justice. Justice. I want them to see, but then I also want them to get judged for what they've done. God is a God of justice. I found a verse that says God loves justice. He loves it. So do I. And justice for all, say all, all who are oppressed, that's including the people in China who are under communist rule and reign through their government. I'm not going to go into that. For all who are oppressed, say all. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, praise God for that one, nor punished us according to our iniquities, praise God. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. From here, right here in Orange County, can you see New York City from where you're sitting? No, you shouldn't be able to see your sins either. That's what he's saying here. As far as the east is from the west, any sin you've ever committed, you should never be able to see again. Ever. It's erased permanently in the blood of the Lamb and in God's eyes. He does not remember your sins. Neither should you. Paul was a sinner. Remember he was starting to murder Christians? God's people. And then he goes on another verse after that and he says, I've wronged no man. But he murdered Christians. And then he said this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind so that I may press on to the high calling of God. 
supernatural amnesia Paul developed. He forgot his sins. He adopted this verse in Psalm. Oh, he knew the scripture. He had to have the first five books of the, of the Old Testament memorized by age 13, Douglas informed me. They had to know the Torah by age 13 in the Jewish culture and tradition. Which is why Jesus, when he said his parents were leaving the synagogue, at age 12, I found out he was. One year before he had to come before those priests and recite the Torah. He said, they were leaving town, Mary and Joseph. He, said, he ran back to the synagogue. I must be about my father's business, he said, at age 12, one year before his ordination at 13 in the Jewish religion. Isn't that amazing? Amen. You had to have it memorized. Paul had it memorized. He was a Jew. He knew this covenant. He forgot those things which are behind. He adopted God's mind into his own through the word of the living God. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward us. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This is what Paul had to know for him to go about his business and his course and forget those things which were behind. God doesn't remember your sin, neither should you. Supernatural amnesia. And don't hang around people who remember your sin. You know, all the great men of old, they just went somewhere else. <laughs> Amen. Moses killed the Egyptian. And then God took him into the promised land over there. Took him out. Amen. The devil's always going to try to pull you back into your past. You're a sinner. No, I'm not. I'm saved by grace. Thank you. You're a sinner. You're the original sinner. Did you know that? He is the original sinner, Satan. Amen. So far as he removed our transgressions from us, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust, these bodies. As for man, mankind, his days are like grass, talking about your flesh. You live forever, remember? As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. For the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, which is why you want to start today building up everlasting fruit in the kingdom of God. Because your days are only 120 here, Max. It is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. See, he's a generational God, right? children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them, remember. Deuteronomy 8.18, Jesse the Planets' favorite verse, and he's really rich, <laughs> Jesse. His favorite verse of Deuteronomy 8.18, remember the Lord thy God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, even as it is this day. His favorite part of that verse, remember. Remember the Lord thy God, what he's done. Remember. And he says, put me in remembrance of my word, that I may execute it and perform it. Remember. Remember the Lord thy God. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, and who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, his, his army of angels, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Notice here we have a man, David, in a psalm commanding angels what to do. Their minister spirits sent to minister on behalf 
of the heirs of salvation. <laughs> all these Old Testament men had the gospel preached to them at one point in their lives or the other. All of them had opportunities to receive Christ, to walk in the ways of the Lord. And then he even went to the bosom of Abraham and made sure of it, to hear and receive me, only begotten son. Transgressions are washed away forever. Amen. First John 1 9. If you're faithful to confess your sins, confess them toward God, He is faithful to remove all unrighteousness from your life. Amen. But you're not a sinner, so you shouldn't be so, fo so focused on the sin. You should be so focused on the finished work, your righteousness, because you're now saved by grace forever. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. This is healing. Just go with me to Deuteronomy, and we'll end here. Deuteronomy verse uh, chapter 28 is the blessing and also the curse. This is the last book of the Torah, which Moses wrote. Deuteronomy 28, and just go with me to verse 27, because I want to just touch on the sickness, disease, and healing here. Notice this is now under the curse. It's under the title, Curses on Disobedience. This is the curse. And the King James translators very much so translated this book wrong and put every sickness and disease in the causative sense that God's actually, they couldn't grasp that. That God's actually putting sickness and disease on people, which he's not. You know, Robert Young, the foremost Greek scholar in his day, said this is not the case at all. It's not in original Hebrew. It's not the causative sense. It's the permissive sense. So again, when you leave God in the kingdom, you know there's an unpardonable sin. And it's for those who knew the truth. So you had to be a Christian to commit the unpardonable sin. I used to think it's just rejecting Jesus as a sinner and not ever receiving him. But I've come to think a little differently now. That it's a Christian who completely knows Jesus and then walks away from him completely. That sin will not be, un not be pardoned. You've left him. So he's saying here, if you leave him, this is just the world. The curse is out there. This is what you're going to live in. This is what they're living in. Is under the curse still. Until they decide to live under the blessing. Through Jesus. Amen. This even goes for the Jews. Now because the sacrificial lamb has been slain. Jesus over 2,000 years ago on the cross. You have to receive him to remain in covenant with God. Otherwise you're still going to suffer with sickness, disease, poverty, lack. And all the curses this outlines here. Even the Jews. You have to receive Jesus. To be renewed under the blessing again. You have to receive God's sacrifice of his own son to now save you. He provided his own sacrifice for you and me. Amen. So he says here in verse 27, again under the curse, and again this is wrongly translated in the causative sense that God is striking when it's really in the permissive sense. So I'll read it correctly. The Lord will allow you to have the boils of Egypt with tumors. Notice tumors and boils are under the curse of the law. With scabs, scabs, and with the itch, itch, itching and scabs are under the curse, from which you cannot be healed. Not being able to be healed from any sickness, plague, or disease is under the curse of the law. The Lord will allow you to go mad with blindness, that's blind in the eyes, literally blindness is under the curse, not the blessing. And confusion of heart. Literally heart attacks. Heart attacks are under the curse of the law. But I've known Christians who have heart attacks. Do they know this verse? Probably not. It's the truth you know that will set you free. 
I'll never have a heart attack a day in my life. I don't care if it's generational. Amen? Amen? Christ came in through the generations. Amen? It set me free. I'll never have a heart attack a day in my life. Confess that. If you're a man who likes to eat bratwurst, like me. <laughs> if you like to eat greasy food, like Jesse Duplantis, you need to confess that over your life. I love what he says about Louisiana and New Orleans. He says, stuff's just too healthy out here in California. He's like, Louisiana, we got the good food. We may die earlier, but at least we'll die happy. <laughs> confess that over your life. Amen? I'll never have a heart attack. This is under the curse. And then skip with me, just skip a page to verse 58. And again, we're just talking about infirmity, sickness, disease, and healing here throughout this curse. Verse 58 says, If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. Well, praise God, he's been planted in our hearts now, so we can, right? Then the Lord will bring or allow upon you and your descendants generational extraordinary plagues great and prolonged sickness or plagues notice this, this is a key verse prolonged and chronic conditions or illnesses are under the curse of the law if you've suffered with a chronic illness like I did for a year and a half that's a, that was a year and a half too long Hosea 4.6 my people perish for lack of knowledge that should have never been able to touch me but I wasn't taught how to resist it or even to resist it I thought sickness was from God because of the King James translators. Right? God doesn't put sickness or disease on anyone. When you go to heaven, are you going to ask him for sickness and disease? No, because there's none up there. <laughs> are you going to ask to live by the, in a van down by the river? No, because there's mansions up there. Amen? No lack, no sickness, it didn't come from God. Where did it come from? Satan, the god of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. So resist the devil, and he'll run from you in terror. Moreover, he will allow on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid. That means any sickness or disease you've ever been tempted to fear is under the curse of the law. COVID is under the curse of the law. And they shall cling to you. Any sickness or disease, any prolonged chronic illness that tries to cling to your body, that is under the curse of the law. It shall not cling to you like saran wrap. Didn't they even name a saran wrap cling? Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that a brand name now? Cling? It's like saran wrap. It's so hard to get off. Ah! It's like flypaper, you know? It just sticks. That's what, it's, that's what I, the image I get. Cling to you. Like saran wrap. Ah! It's under the curse. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's already been removed. Amen? It's a finished work. Also, every sickness. Get verse 61, please. Also, every. Say every. Every sickness and every disease. <laughs> Clarice is cracking up. He's not like this at home. It's the anointing. <laughs> I just stopped at Panera on the way here, and I bought a cookie for Sophie and Lily and a coffee. And the girl at the counter, they started laughing behind the counter, all these three gals, and I started laughing with them. It's contagious. You know, laughter is contagious. If you've been up against a wall, a hard place, turn on a funny movie for God's sake, man, and start laughing again, and that'll just free you up. That's what we did last night. We slept like babies. We watched that horrible movie, All About Steve with Sandra Bullock. It was so bad, but so good, and we cracked up, and we slept like rocks, man. <laughs> Glory to God. Turn on something funny. God laughs. Laughter do good like a medicine, amen? She's still laughing over here. 
But there's three girls up in there on the way here. They were all laughing. I decided to join in. And I said, thank you. You guys are so, you guys are so light and funny and glad. And then one girl says, no, you are. You're always happy. I guess I've been stopping in there a lot lately for coffee. <laughs> Feel like a, whatever. I got my routines and I'm sticking with them. Praise God until the Lord comes. And I didn't even know her. But she, she saw that on me. You know? I just turned around and smiled. Till next time. I didn't preach the gospel to her. Why? My smile already did. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? You're a walking epistle, right? They should want to follow you out of the store. You know? And some have. At Trader Joe's in places. Some find out. I, I see me day after day buying groceries for the business. And know I have a private chef business. Some of them want to follow me out of the store. Can I work for you? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? You're a walking epistle. Praise Jesus forevermore. Now, can I tell the story now that you're in good mood about... No. Oh, it's off? Oh, we lost our studio audience. Lord Jesus. Well, we can all go home. No, I'm just kidding. Is someone getting something from this here? <laughs> Praise God. Okay, it's off. I'll debate on telling that real fast. Also, every sickness, again, say every. Every, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law will the Lord allow upon you until you are destroyed. That's death is under the curse and every sickness and every disease man will ever name, CNN will ever name or create is under the curse of the law. And if you like to put your eyes on Galatians 3.13, you can do that with me. It really helps to put your eyes on both. Because it is written. Amen? You know when Jesus resisted the devil in the, in the wilderness? He didn't say, oh, I think I have a feeling here. I think I may have a prophetic word from heaven to chase the devil off when he was being tempted. He said, it is written. Three times. So it's good to put our eyes on it is written. Amen? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Am I going over? Are we good? We're good. We're hanging. Thank you, Father. For endurance, for patience. In Jesus' name. Galatians 3 and verse 13. Is everybody there? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Period. We just read the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me. This is what I got a hold of in my infirmity. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Period. Set me free. He healed my body. Raised me back up. Haven't struggled since with that. Every chronic condition under the curse of the law. You just need to know it. Know what you're redeemed from so you can come against it. That's the trouble. We have a lot of baby Christians in mega churches who have no clue what they're redeemed from. All they have is a savior. They have not had a healer. They have not had a provider. You need to know what you're redeemed from. Hosea 4.6, you're still laughing. My people perish for lack of knowledge. <laughs> Come on, get in the splash zone here. <laughs> it's on me, man. I go places with Pastor Art. We prayed for an assistant pastor one time in El Centro, California. The pastor of the church, Frank Alvarez, great man of God. Just got a new building. We're going to go out there, hopefully. Uh, his associate pastor was on the couch at his home. We were all fellowshipping and eating dinner. And uh, Pastor Art started to pray for him because he bought our hotel rooms and paid for them. That was his seed, you know, paid for the hotel rooms and stuff. And then Pastor Frank gets up to me. He's like, go pray for him too. He bought your hotel room too. 
And I said, okay. <laughs> and I went and prayed for him and laid hands on this. And my arm just started shaking. Pastor Hurt's on this side of him. I'm on this side. He's on the couch. And the moment I lay hands on him, he starts cracking up. He starts cracking. I know that's one of my strengths is the joy of the Lord. I've had it my whole life. It's an anointing, amen? It's on me. And it came on him. I would just grab his arm like this, right here. And my arm just started shaking. And he was receding. And his wife was sitting right next to him. And they were holding hands. They were both just filleted on the couch. Spirit just touched him, amen? And he just starts cracking up. And I just start cracking up in the spirit. <laughs> and then Frank's wife, Christine, was standing right here watching all that. I look over and she starts laughing. And I go over to her because I know it's on me. And I touch her and she just starts cracking up. And the spirit just moved across the whole house. Amen? Isn't that good? You know, laughter do it like a medicine. Like a medicine. <laughs> it's nourishment to all your body. It'll heal any sickness or disease, that means. Like a medicine. Laughter do it good like a medicine. Man, we were cracking up last night. My mind was, my brain was starting to hurt out of that movie from laughing so much. I was like, man, I think I just got delivered from five devils, <laughs> mentally speaking, right now. Because my brain was about like it was in a vice. You ever laugh that hard? Yeah. Where, you, you know, your jaw's not used to it, and you just start tightening up. Like, like you just got Botox. You, just... <laughs> you never used those muscles in, you know, five years since the last time you laughed? <laughs> that's, my, that's my prescription tonight. Go home and watch a funny movie. I don't even want to mention it. It was so bad. <laughs> Man, we were packing up. It was all about Steve with Sandra Bullock. It was just bad. And that's why we were laughing so much. Like Howard the Duck, the best worst movie ever made. Yeah, so George Lucas, you don't know. Whatever. Don't go watch it. But just laugh. Amen? Find something. Find something to laugh. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, period. He was made the curse so you don't have to have any part of it. It will not cling to your body, Doug. Sickness and disease will not cling to our bodies. COVID variant 5,223 will never cleave to your body. Amen. That's what the Bible says. That settles it. The truth says it. That settles it. Whether you believe it or not, that settles it. But the leavers are going to be blessed by it. See, there's a lot of... I keep telling people this. There's so many Christians on the earth right now. Uh, what, 7.9 billion people now we have? So many Christians, but there's only a handful of believers. All they know is a Savior. What are they believing for? Again, they were conditioned to not come against sickness and disease. How do you, how do you live through COVID as a Christian? You know? They were never taught to come against it because they thought God put it on them. Oh, I hate when people say that. God made me sick. I find people in wheelchairs at the, at, you know, around it, at the malls. I want to pray for them. And then I, I just know in my heart they can't receive. I can't pray for them. But I don't want to waste my time anymore. Some of them want that condition for attention. Ugh, that's a familiar spirit. You, you have a chronic condition for so long, it becomes familiar. That's when the enemy creeps in. And then you get to rest in it. And you find actually comfort in your affliction. You find comfort in uncomfortability. That's satanic, man. That is low. That's so dark. And you've got to really pull people out of that. And you really got to go deep with them. You say, God did not put this on you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy did. I've come to set you free. They need to know that. It ain't from God. Christians need to know sickness and disease, poverty and lack are not from God. He is not bipolar. He does not have those things to work with. 
that is from Satan himself. How can you come against Satan if you think it's God? You know? This is the one authority one-on-one. You need to know good from evil, right from left. And it's not right, right and left anymore. It's right and wrong. Yeah. It's not Democratic and Republican, right and left. It's right and wrong. You need to know those things. And again, that's what we've been praying for, Cece, for eyes to be open. That just expose it. Show people the evil, which he has. Now justice. Now judge it, Father. Who's his mouthpiece on the earth? Who's going to judge? Who's going to judge angels in heaven? We are. Did you do a good job? Did you do the work? You're going to be judging Satan, too, because he's a fallen angel. And all his band of misfits. <laughs> Get that. You're gonna have great you're gonna have a piece and a hand in casting Satan into the lake of fire. Because man was called to judge angels. Isn't that good? <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. He laughs when he puts sickness on a Christian who doesn't know their authority. I'll be laughing at him in the lake of fire. That little thing. Did all that great work in the earth? What? How? Took a lot with him. Again, Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. Not Lord of the Monkeys, even. They're not big old apes. Demons. Flies. The little foxes spoil the vine. Those fiery darts are like gnats. You ever walk around the lake where there's water, and you hit a swarm of gnats, and you just can't breathe, and it feels like saran wrap hitting your face? tries to cling to you. That's what they are. Little small gnats. Wipe them away. Keep walking. Don't stay in the midst of them. Don't try to fight right where they're at. Keep walking through them. That's the key to victory. Don't fight from your place of battle. Go to the other side and look back. And say, I've already won. You're more than a conqueror. Through him who loved us. Amen. Let's all stand. Praise God forevermore. Did someone get something from this message? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for feeding me, for feeding others. I, I bless you.